The game on K-Man. It is the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke. Our phone number is 75-537-1350. We'll be hearing from K-State coach, associate head coach, quarterbacks coach, co-offensive coordinator, Matt Wells, who spoke to the media yesterday. Really liked the guy. We'll explain why here in just a little bit. Plus, uh, in our next segment, be hearing from K-State transfer safety, Jordan Riley, who had a uh, I had a good conversation with. You'll hear that conversation back here in just a few moments as well. Uh, I just saw this video on Twitter that – so it looks like they're going to do the same for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again with the end zone going with the gold, the Chiefs, and then the logo over a gold end zone. Nice. That looks fantastic. Wasn't there – isn't there a complaint about the playing surface or there's – like the yeah. 49ers aren't happy with the playing surface there, or something? Uh, no, UNLV's practice facility. Oh, it's a practice because facility. Because they okay. laid down sod on top of the field turf. Oh, interesting. That is already what? in place at UNLV site. And so uh, they were complaining actually about how soft it was. That's... What's the playing surface at Allegiant? Uh, for the game, it will be sod. Oh really? Yeah, for the for the Raiders they roll in much like the Cardinals do. Oh well. Where they roll in uh grass field and uh but the but UNLV plays on the plastic. Wasn't that where the Super Bowl was last year and everybody was complaining about the playing service? Like everybody was A couple years ago, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't listen. I've tried to grow my own grass in my yard. It, it, oh, <laughs> I mean, oh, that grass. Never mind. A patch. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's science, it's art, it's everything in between. So when the when they're like, how hard is it to grow? It's really hard oh, to grow. A I, I remember, so by my front door of my duplex, it's it doesn't get much sun, sunshine. So it, does, it it's, it's hard to grow grass there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a dirt patch now. Um but once upon a time, I tried to take uh, one of those little, uh, one of those gimmicks that have the grass seeds in it. You just roll it's it. It's like you just roll it out, and it's going to splatter seeds all over the place. I was like, okay, I think yeah. I did a pretty good job. I spent a lot of time. The blades of grass as it grew couldn't have been more scattered. Yeah, man. I didn't even get close to doing a good job. Yeah. Listen, you throw your old shorts on and that old Clay Center weightlifting tee, and you go, I'm going to head me to a big box store and get me some uh, grass seed because I know how to grow grass. And you don't know the first thing about what the heck you're doing. You roll the thing out and it doesn't even grow. And somebody goes, hey, Mitch, I thought you were going to grow some grass. And you go, yeah, shut up, dude. My wife always giving me a hard time. I go, why don't you get out there? It's hard, man. It's tough. So anytime someone talks about the field, Everybody always gets like, oh, how come they can't just grow grass? It's t- it's difficult, Owen. Now, it makes it even more impressive when you're like, oh, they just roll it out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Seems like a very easy thing to do. Dude. They make it sound so easy, but it's it's not. You're 100% right. They, they, need to, they need to call in the experts. Go to Blueville. Okay? Call up Blueville. Have them head down there. We'll tell you. Owen, do you like mowing the lawn? Ah, uh, no. I love oh. I I like it. Do you have a riding mower? It's or you therapeutic. Push no, it's a push. Okay. Uh, at my place now, I rent, so now they're coming out and doing it. Oh. Um, sometimes I'll mow out of Lindsay's, but I enjoy it. I, I'd rather much rather have a, a rider pushing. It can be like it can get kind of old after a while, especially if it's the heat of summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, it depends on the weekend. There's a nice, you know, when it's 70, 80 out, a little partly cloudy. I'm like, this is say bad. You know, I'm getting out of the house a little bit, but that. 
more 110, humidity 70%. I'm like, get me inside right now. <laughs> one, I, oh, Go ahead. I, I think one of the factors in my folks making the decision was when Dad rolled the riding mower. <laughs> what? Was he ra- Was he trying to race? There, no, he, there's a slope that uh, we Tim had. Tim Taylor out here. Yeah, we had a, power. had a really awkward slope at one spot uh, in the yard, and he's literally kind of, you know, just edging along it. That's actually quite scary. His time. Yeah, he he did a job on his shoulder. You know, when you're 70 years old and you roll the rider, it's oh, not a good thing. You got the ranch king and everything. Why is that tipping, you know? Yeah, yeah. I hope my uncle's okay with me sharing the story. He lives in the area. Um, but <laughs> it was so long ago, I, I, may, I just may even butcher this, but I, I think the story is, and I was maybe three or four years old, that... Once upon a time, my uncle was push mowing a lawn and I think was backing up and tripped. And while the push mower was going, got his foot caught in it and lost a couple toes. What? I believe that's the story. Terrifying. And I think about that all the time, actually, because I remember that I remember that story. I remember hearing about it. And maybe I hope it's not that crazy. I, I may have butchered that story, but I'm like. I remember hearing that as a kid, and I'm always super careful. I hope the phones are lighting careful. Up. I'm waiting for your uncle yeah. to call. Me. I, I had an Uncle Doug call in one time, and that's still a legendary <laughs> moment in this show's history. <laughs> be fantastic. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, Andy Reid talking to the media earlier today uh, was asked to share his top three cheeseburgers. Yeah. It couldn't have been more of a biased three. Two of them you'll never even hear of or, uh, or have heard of, I'm sure. Original Tommy's, Hawkins Town, uh, House of Burgers. And then number one was in and out. I Andy Reid lost some credibility for me Man, today. That's a tough um, list. It's all Los Angeles based. Is in started in Los Angeles. Okay. Two of them are local, and then one, of course, is in and out. That's a chain, a major, not a major, but it's a popular chain. But he's a Cali guy, so what'd you expect? That's in and out for you. I, I, I'm convinced. Like the majority of people you'll find that love in and out are from Cali. Oh know? yeah, They're yeah. Just, they grew it's up biased. with it. They grew up with it. That's including you, Mike Dabini. That's including Mike Dabini. <laughs> I'm surprised. I know. Bias, in and out. Call him out. I know it's Philly cheesesteak, so I'm surprised there's not a Philly place that jumps into his top three after all the time he spent up there. But obviously it's a different sandwich, but you'd think there'd be somewhere that does a little bit of both mm-hmm. that, that could jump up there. Yesterday, I was really wanting to ask Matt Wells, does Manhattan need a Whataburger? I mean, just open up a Culver's, and I, I'm, I'm a Culver's guy. That's that's a pretty solid spot. My, my favorite is Whataburger. It truly is. Um, Matt Wells is an Oklahoma guy, yeah, but spent some time, of course, in Texas as head coach of Texas Tech. That, that It just didn't work out. He actually took the job at a very pivotal time of college football. First of all, it was the same time as Chris Kleiman, but transfer portal was coming into play. COVID came into play. He may have been just a little over his skis a little bit. Replacing a legend. Well, in <laughs> in terms of a player, Cliff Kingsbury. Well, okay. I mean, as a coach. Yeah, as a coach, that was a failure. Yes, <laughs> we're all aware. Well, but it kind of continued the legacy of, hey, your offense is still pretty good. Yeah. Defense sucked. Not so much. So, I, you know, it's, I think it's important when you think about Matt Wells and you think about his past – Definitely taking consideration his work at Utah State. Solid head coach. Um, Jordan Love. I mean, look what he's doing now in Green Bay. And I think a lot of people were kind of 
I, I don't know. You you tell me, but I you know I didn't think a lot of people were believers at the time when he took when he took the, when he got the job. He finally earned the starting job for the Green Bay Packers. But look at that. Look where he's at now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at Texas Tech, I, it wasn't like Texas Tech still couldn't put together a strong offense. And his first year, they were the top passing offense. And I remember that it was the game. It was the COVID game in Manhattan against Texas Tech. Um, it got, I'm hoping I'm not going to mix up. I think it was still Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman was his starting quarterback. He gets banged up, ankle injury. Henry Columbia comes in, and I mean, couldn't have been better mm-hmm. for a while. He led Tech on three straight touchdown drives. Tech takes the lead, and I'm like, my God, this backup comes in, and it's he's f- been playing flawless football. He looks amazing. So he had a guy in the wings ready to go. And also a problem at Texas Tech was, man, were guys getting hurt at quarterback. I mean, Don, later on, Donovan Smith and then, yeah, I mean, it, you know, Baron Morton, who was once upon a time, like, what, a third or fourth string guy. I mean, what, if it wasn't for those injuries, he wouldn't have got that start at Oklahoma State. And now he's going to be the guy for Texas Tech in 2024. Um, maybe head coaching anymore at the certainly the Power Five level maybe isn't his thing. But I think this guy is going to be a great offensive mind, and we're not going to miss a beat. We're not going to skip a beat. We're not going to fall behind in developing quarterbacks. And what a start he gets in developing Avery Johnson, which he's currently building a relationship with. I don't pretend to know everything about him as a quarterback. Uh, I've been on the road more than I've been meeting with him. But the last few days and, and over the weekends, we met a lot over the weekends as I'd come back in, in and around recruits uh, coming through here. Um, started on FaceTime, though. Um, you know, after the bowl game, after both of our bowl games um, into early January. So we started we started that um, relationship, uh, way, you know, before I got here. Uh, but it's it's been going good. I mean, Avery's going to be one of the easiest kids to work with. He's so mature. He's ready for the moment. And Matt Wells, I mean, before he did, did come to K-State, spent uh, a couple of years as an advisor. He was an offensive analyst for two seasons. And then... Now he comes to K-State, and this is obviously going to be a bigger opportunity for Matt Wells. I wanted to go work for someone that uh, that I knew and that I respected. And um, my respect for Chris Kleiman and the job that he's done here, uh, the job that he did at North Dakota State, but also the man and the person, which I got to know a bunch over the last 10 years, uh, to me superseded that. Um, the second thing is just the consistency of this program. And also, last clip I want to play for Matt Wells' press conference yesterday. And again, we're hearing from uh, Matt Wells, who's the new co-offensive coordinator with Connor Riley, quarterback's coach. He takes over for uh, Colin Klein and associate head coach. I mean, we've heard Chris Kleiman talk about him many times, and sounds like they're the closest dudes that they could they're, – they're the best of friends. And we know Chris Kleiman, he likes to hire his boys – but he doesn't hang out with no jabronis. He hangs out with top-tier coaches in, that the country has to offer. Matt Wells talked about how far back they go as friends. You know, it just it started um, my early days at Utah State, uh, becoming a head coach and, and really um, looking out there at potential defensive coordinators and uh, just studying what they did at North Dakota State and how tough they played and how they ran the football and how they tackled. That was important to me as an offensive guy being a head coach. And then I was like, who's this guy coordinating this defense? And then I found it, and we started a relationship. And I did. I offered him the defense coordinator's job there at Utah State, and he said no. So he turned me down, and I said yes to him. 
Now, that was Matt Wells during the press conference, and I really enjoyed hearing him talk. Um, what I really enjoyed about Matt Wells is what you didn't hear during the press conference. And I, I, I mean, I wish I could be more like a Matt Wells because us media meeting him for the first time as now a coach at K-State, I, I've been around just, just few people that are like him that when you meet him for the first time, he can be relaxed. He, he'll let your hair down even though he barely knows you. I mean, afterwards, he was telling some stories, and it's, of course, all off the record, but just personality-wise, he was he's a great storyteller. He has great energy. You really like him right away, and you want to hang out with him. He is, day one, somebody you want to go have a beer with. And while he was telling these stories to us media, again, behind the scenes, off the record stuff, I was just like, man, this guy is a lot of fun. I'm like, what a great guy to send on the road, talk to recruits, and have in living rooms. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I can't speak for really anybody else. I can speak for myself on uh, on this kind of thing. But I remember as a kid growing up, I loved hearing the older people tell stories because they have great stories. And I think that's where the older generation has over us younger, like millennials, is. I, I know, and I, I can speak for a lot of my friends, like we're just not going to have stories like they had because back then you could get away with a little bit more. You had a lot more. You had to create more fun. Nobody had their phones. They weren't as distracted as much. They did a lot of fun things. Um, you know, movies do a great job just, you know, portraying like what it used to be back in the day. And it seems like so much fun. The music was better and all that stuff. It, it reminds me of my dad's friend. I'm going to really try hard not to get choked. I'm already starting to get choked up a little bit. Mike Stewart, who ran um, Reliable Appliance Service in Wamigo, passed away a couple of days ago. And he is a local bowling legend, in my opinion. Um, Bowled 300 games like crazy. He had rings to prove it. But I also remember when he and my dad would hang out and they would tell stories. And I just sitting there listen to them tell stories about them growing up with just them and their other friends and an uncle of mine who also passed away a handful of years ago. And I'm just like, I could listen to this guy tell stories all day because he knows how to communicate, make it sound fun, tell the story the right way. And he has the personality to go along with it. Matt Wells is that kind of guy. And we got to take that in day one of him talking to the media, let his hair down was super personable and was easy to listen to. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to hear more stories. And I'm like, that is the right guy to have recruit for your program and lead young people to get better in their lives. Because I think he can probably, you know, he could become friends with anybody. <laughs> Real positive guy. I don't know how, what he was like as a head coach. Maybe he was a little bit more fired up. And maybe behind the scenes he's a little bit more fired up. I don't know. But just with us, like – I know NIL is a huge part of recruiting now. It's not as you know easy to describe recruiting as it used to be. Like, oh, you go recruit kids and you make your pitch, you show them facilities and all that. Obviously, it's a lot different now. There's a lot more into it. But if you wanted to recruit me right then and there, sold. <laughs> I was I was in hook, line, and sinker. Nice. I really, in some ways, think that he may be more comfortable in this role than he was as a head coach at. Texas Tech. I think at Utah State, being the head coach was one thing. 
And I think that there were those changes that went on. Plus, I don't know how, again, he was put in a position of following Cliff Kingsbury, which in some people's minds, yeah, you're you're following a tough guy to follow in terms of someone that people have an attachment to down there. But I think away from it a couple of years, or at least being an analyst, helps as well. And the fact that, and he's he's being very clear about it, he's coaching with a friend. I think he really appreciates that. I think this is a much better better spot for him in a lot of ways. Right on. I'm excited. I love the story of uh I don't did I play it? Let me let me go back to my uh I think maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I my memory's terrible. Um, even though it was just five minutes ago, <laughs> but it, it was back it was the last clip I played. I'm pretty sure it was in there about how far back he and climb and go. Yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious that, you know, that it was actually Matt Wells that reached out to Kleiman first is like, oh, he's at North Dakota State doing a great job as defensive coordinator. Come work for me with the with Utah State. Uh, what town? I was going to say, I, I'm blanking out on the town. Uh, Logan. Logan, Utah. Come work yeah. for me in Logan, Utah. Yeah. And got turned down. Mm-hmm. It didn't take long to turn, or, you know, it took a little while to turn down or whatever, but Matt Wells was so ready to come work for Chris Kleiman. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that that relationship continued to become what it is now today and them working together. So, I, you know, just by meeting Matt Wells and him just letting his hair, being funny with us, telling fun stories, like that, that's just, that, that's what I'm all about. You can learn about a person so fast, and I wish my personality was like that. <laughs> it takes me such a long time to warm up and let my guard down with a new person. You know, that's just who I am. Matt Wells, friends instantly with anybody he probably comes along with, so, or runs into. So, I thought that was a really cool experience. Welcome to K-State, Matt Wells. Now, there's another cat who's now a player who I also met yesterday and become a big fan of. He's going to play defense next year for the Cats. You will meet Jordan Riley, safety, when we come back on the game. Ten minutes away, we will have our latest round of Taylor Swift Super Bowl prop bets that are real prop bets that I'm sure you won't be able to bet on in Kansas. But somewhere out there, these bets can be made. Yeah, I was discussing that earlier today, too. Yeah, yeah, we learned last year what the state law is. I I went through that as well. I was looking for, like, where's the Gatorade prop bet? You know, and I couldn't find it. Yeah. So... I don't know, like it. I don't know what the deal is. Has it been relaxed, or is it still the law where you can't bet on stuff like that? I don't think anything no. has changed. No, it hasn't changed. Yeah, you, yeah. because I, I just looked into a Logan Paul fight one time. I wanted to bet, and you can't bet on those either. Uh, they're they're ineligible in Kansas. And I'm like, that's funny. Is he fighting legit dudes though? This time around, he's he's fighting a guy that's like ten and two. But now I don't know who the ten guys are. It could have been. You know, some ten cabbies or something, but I mean, he's fighting ten, he's ten and two. I, I, I got to thinking about that because I don't watch any Logan Paul or Jake Paul stuff. Logan Paul's in WWE. Jake Paul is doing the boxing, right? Is yes. that is that that's yeah. The th- that's yeah that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but I remember when CM Punk wrestler did two fights in UFC. Oof. First one got rocked. Second one went the distance. But Dana gave him a guy that was that had no business being in the UFC. 
but they wanted to give, I guess, CM Punk somebody more on his level, and he still lost, but yeah. still play, still had the, uh, you know, went through the whole fight. Yeah, I, like the whole thing, um, like him beating that, like knocking out Tyron Woodley. Every fight, people are like, oh, the fi- it's a fix, it's a fix, it's a fix, it's a, it's a dive, it's a dive. No, no time in diving history has anyone ever been like, okay, here's what you do cleanly hit me in the head as hard as you can and then I'll go down. <laughs> like, if you're going to take a dive, you're going to get clipped and fall down. You're not going to, like... I mean, the last time... His last knockout of Tyron Woodley was real. That was an actual knockout. That guy can punch, that's for sure. He's a big kid. I guess the question is, is is it licensed? You know, is it one of the organizations behind, you know, the the titles... Are they involved in is, or is that why you're not able to bet? That's that's where yeah I'm gonna have to do some digging into that, that one. That's that, it was really interesting. I um, mean it was the one with Tommy Fury. I I wanted to take Tommy Fury and I couldn't um, because in uh, Kansas he couldn't couldn't do it. But I thought Tommy Fury's gonna beat this guy. Yesterday played in the last segment, of course, hearing from Matt Wells for the first time in a K State media capacity. Also in the room before the coaches came in, along with Connor Riley. Uh, before those two took the podium or the table, uh, were the four transfers that have signed so far, and one of them was Jordan Riley, senior safety, six one, a buck eighty nine. He's a Maryland kid. He played three years at Ball State, thirty seven games. He started twenty four, so that was all the games he played in the last two years, and he's had a successful career so far. I, he's, I think, no doubt going to be in the rotation as a jack safety type to replace the surprise transfer of Kobe Savage. You know, Kobe Savage, in my opinion, don't know this for sure, but in my opinion, is what sparked, you know, the comment by Chris Kleiman to be more aggressive, take NIL more seriously. And Wildcat NIL has obviously spearheaded that need, and they're getting after it. Jordan Riley, though, will use his last year of eligibility to play here at K-State. And I got to speak with him yesterday, and here was that conversation that I really enjoyed. What can you kind of, what should fans expect from the, the defensive unit this year? Oh, domination. I mean, last year they had a great, you know, had a great defensive unit, great, great whole camaraderie, um, numerous picks. So uh, we coming back with the same mentality, um, dog mindset, I would say, and really looking for heads. Tell me what it was like playing at Ball State, playing in that system, mm-hmm. and, and what you learned. Uh, it was it was very interesting. Um, my my defensive coordinator told me a lot. Um, when I first got there, my coach uh, Josh Zeidenberg, uh, he was an amazing coach. I would say, um, coming out of high school, you know, you don't really learn that many that many calls, coverages, and actual football stuff. And then just just coming in, he took me on his wing and kind of taught me how to be a leader, how to make those calls on the field, and when to make those calls on the field, and um. You know, just how to be a dominant force on the field. How much Big 12 football did you watch growing up? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't I didn't really – I wouldn't say not that much because at home we're kind of a Big 10 because, you know, from Maryland. So I watched a lot of Big 10 football, I would say. And um, I kind of watched Houston and, and, and K-State and all that. But I would say it was more so Big 10. What was it like coming in first day as a transfer in either – uh, meeting from meeting coaches or just meeting the players. What, what's that like as a transfer coming to a new place? Uh, I was kind of I wouldn't kind of say scary. Just and just you know you don't know what you, what it is, what you should expect if the players are going to accept you or if they're going to you know not not mess with you because you you trying to come in and take their job. But when I came in here, it was it was a great experience. Um, nobody kind of you know treated me as an outlier. That came in, they treated me as a family, and it was it was it was a hundred from day one. 
you know, what to you stands out about your game? What do you, what do you like most about your skill set? Uh, I'm a dominant force, I'd say. I don't, I don't shy away from no hits, no tackles. So I feel like I'm a, I'm a really downhill player, and then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good in coverage, I would say. So I'm, I'm looking forward to making a lot of big hits and a lot of picks this year. So you're a fan of, like, at practice, doing a tackling drill once in a while or hitting people? Absolutely. Um, That's my thing, man. Um, I love to hit. Uh, um, just going through college is kind of different with practicing because – um, in high school, it was kind of always we're live, we're live, we're live. So just coming into college, I had to dial it back and practice and just be able to let it loose on the field. So that's kind of the things I've just learned, you know, going through my time here in college. Everybody that played defense growing up has their favorite hit. Do you have a favorite hit? Uh, favorite hit? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know if you remember. It was a, it was a Pro Bowl game, and uh, uh, it was Sean Taylor coming downhill, and then the punter took off, and Sean Taylor came downhill and, and, and really blitzed him. Like, and it was a Pro Bowl game, so that that just kind of like shows you that Sean Taylor was all business, no no joke around, no matter what. Do you personally have a favorite hit from high school or college, or you know, one that stands out the most that you made? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I would say uh, so. My fir- my sophomore year. Um, corner uh the wide receiver kind of ran like an out route and um he was kind of run up the sideline and <laughs> I don't know why he didn't run out of bounds but I just came downhill and really just ran through his body and just kept going and he flew out of bounds um I feel like that was a really monumental hit in my career just curious when you're at Ball State did David Letterman ever come around he's like you noticed know, like the big alumni from yeah, uh, um, from Ball was, State yeah so uh, I met David Letterman a uh, numerous times just because I'm a business major so I kind of met him through that and then um um, he was he was a great guy. He stayed at the stadium a lot, and then I seen him in the business building pretty often. Um, you know, he's a big supporter of Ball State football, and um, so he was he was a great guy. He was around a lot. So, what are you excited now moving forward? What's what's next on the plate? Um, well, to win this Big 12 championship and uh, to hopefully get to this bowl game and dominate whoever they put in front of us. So, I mean, that first half of the interview was kind of fluff, you know, or just, you know, kind of some generic questions. And then we really got into things I loved to hear. And I love a safety that wants to go hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could not stand the end of the Bill Steiner era, the start of the Chris Kleiman era. For some reason, those safeties had the worst habits in tackling. Mm. And that was they looked like on the field they didn't want to hit anybody. Mm-hmm. No name specific. It seemed like a group mentality for some reason. That the way we're going to go try to tackle somebody is just – Lower a sh- one shoulder and just try to pop them, knock them over, barely using our hands, not squaring up, trying to make a form tackle, and not flying to the football either. They're you're they're going to you. You're not going to them. Mm-hmm. And I even asked Clement about that. I was like, basically, what is this? Like, is this just is this considered form tackling? Or is this a bad habit? Absolutely bad habit. Can't can happen. And, you know, I kind of want to take credit for that turning around. Because mm-hmm. uh, since then, never happened again. No, I'm just, <laughs> but anyway, what I'm getting at is, you know, that's what I really enjoyed about Kobe Savage. That's why he became one of my favorite players. He got an opportunity to go get a lot more NIL money, and he left. And now he's going to be going to Oregon, and he'll play Will Howard uh, next season <laughs> in a uh, Big Ten matchup. Maybe. Ohio State against Oregon. Um but I, I, I love the, the style of safety play of when you got a, a play going to the edge, running play or whatever, do you have safeties flying to the football and they're the one making the big hit, can become a ball hawk. Boy, you're going to – I'm going to become a big fan of yours real soon. And he was pretty confident in saying those things about him. He wants to go hit people. 
Those what is that's exactly what I want to hear from a guy that's just coming in to play safety, and he's going to get a, a pretty solid amount of playing time, and he wants to just go smack somebody. Mm-hmm. So that checks some boxes for me. And also, I mean, used to you know hang out with David Letterman, and I'm a <laughs> yeah. huge. I was a huge David Letterman fan growing up. Didn't really watch a whole lot of SNL, and the only late night stuff I would watch is Howard Stern on E. Oh, that was my introduction show. to Howard Stern, and I, I watched a lot of David Letterman growing up. I even went to a taping when I was living in New York City. I'm pretty jealous that he got to hang around David Letterman quite a bit. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've run into him a few times. He's at the, uh, in the building. You know, big supporter. That was cool. He played it pretty cool, man. I would be like, yeah, I know him. I should have asked him for his top ten hits. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> Instead of just one. Uh, that's Jordan Riley. Uh, hopefully later on this week with the other three transfers, we'll be able to get a few more uh, interviews in. T- on tomorrow's show, we're actually going to be uh, hearing a lot from K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes and players. Uh, we had baseball media day earlier today. Um, you know, football this year was pretty fun basketball you know k-state who uh, men's hoops has been you know up and down but the ku win money was pretty sweet that was awesome k-state women's basketball a top 10 team and by the way k-state baseball preseason ranked top 25 a couple of preseasons all americans mm-hmm. on the team that team's pretty stacked and we'll we'll get to a little bit of a preview including highlights from coach or uh uh, a coach uh hughes and players that'll be coming up on tomorrow's show when we come back, our daily Taylor Swift Super Bowl prop bets are after these words. Briggs Auto Lane presents Passport to Cabo. Yes, with Briggs Auto Lane, we are giving away a trip to Cabo. All expense, paid trip, two-bedroom beachfront condo at Villa La Valencia and a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. We'll really get this thing going next week, so pay attention. Keep it locked to K-Man for further details coming up here very, very soon. I am so jealous dude if if there was some way i could like if i could cheat my way into this situation and just totally you know like totally screw over everybody and be the one to go i would do it oh i'm i'm thinking about quitting my job just so i can do it (laughs) no you're done six months buddy sorry (laughs) get out six months can't win meanwhile we have the super bowl on sunday and with the super bowl comes prop bets and you would be shocked to find out the book's here in the United States, offshore betting on all the crazy Taylor Swift real prop bets that are out there. I shared some yesterday. The list is so long. I mean, I this is a week-long bit. It's that good. Uh, let's see. Where did I leave off here? Okay. Taylor Swift, will she appear in a Super Bowl 58 commercial? Five to one odds. Those aren't terrible odds. To say she's going to be in a Super Bowl halftime commercial. I mean, if I were a company, I would try to get her. I, I, I she's think kind of there's, a big deal, right? 
I think there's no doubt in my mind that she will be on a commercial. I, I mean, she would have already been. Even if she wasn't dating Travis Kelsey, she would have been in a commercial. So, yeah. Given the way that the year has gone and the fact that her movie is going to go back to streaming again very soon, oh. her concert movie is going to be back on streaming here very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Praise. Not a surprise. Probably going to see a commercial for that, let alone by itself. Yeah, that's what I figured, yeah. I wonder what, there should be bet, like, odds for if she's going to be in a commercial with Travis Kelsey or not. That's what I need. Show me the numbers there. Well, let me see the list. I don't think there is one of those. I did note, by the way, uh, because it just turned into my timeline from someone else, but there is literally a X account for Tavis Nation. Tavis Nation, huh? That's what we're calling it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. How how long has this relationship been going on? Well, it's been four, five, no. six months. I mean, while, it, huh? the the word on the street is it's been going on since the summer. It's been public or for August for a couple months now. Yes. We can do better than Tavis Nation. What are we doing out here? Come on now. Was... You're going to criticize a Swifty. I am. Yeah. I'm doing it right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, that's not his. her herself, okay? Okay, folks. Uh, the Owen's opinion is his own, and uh, no one does not reflect <laughs> anyone else on the game. Anyone on the game or here at News I Radio am, I get it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Run it back, dude. Run it back. Don't do that. Here's another prop bet, and this is free money for the books. Will Taylor Swift be shown wearing a foam finger during Super Bowl 58? Oh, come on. Come on. It's eight to one odds. Will Taylor Swift be shown wearing uh, which one of the uh, stupid supporters was it that had the arrowhead foam? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, like the was it hat? X or yeah, like cheese head type of thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, where it was done as an arrowhead. Oh, she'll man. look class, classy. She, yeah, she will. She'll look cool. And modern, but if she busts out that Chiefs thing, that hat, I'm going to pass out. Or <laughs> if she does finger. a foam finger, I'm going I'm to die. Foam finger feels like one of those, let me put a dime on that kind of uh-huh. bets. You know? it feels odds like are good enough. She's I, betting. I, I can't believe this next one. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift will announce first pregnancy at Super Bowl 58. <laughs> that is a real. That is a real prop bet. What are the odds on that? Eight and a half to one. Wow. Oh, what? No freaking way. That's not high enough. No, it's not. No. That's got to be a 100 to one. Wow. I agree. Now, maybe like a, a proposal or something like that. Maybe I believe that. That's no way. Not a chance. I bet. Dang. I bet the house on no, that does not happen. Let's do it. Let's drive to wherever we can make that bet and make that bet, boys. I'm going to do it. Taylor Swift, I'm going to put the money down. There's no way that happens. Oh, man. I will say, though. But, th- I mean, that's just making the bet to say, will they announce vote, a pregnancy? You, you can't vote. Yeah, there's no it, way. Yeah, it, there, yeah, you yeah. can't say you can't bet for no. Okay, let's know? bet for ah. yes. Let's roll the dice, boys. I'm not. Come on. I'm not even losing a dime on that. <laughs> can't talk me into it. All right, tomorrow we'll do this again. Prop bets for Taylor Swift plus on Friday, Mitch in Vegas, a Mitch Fortner edition. Uh, we'll be taking place where we'll be, be placing our bets on real prop bets. Uh, when I say real, is it ones that don't have to do with Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> that have to do with the actual game um, for Super Bowl 58. And by the way, K-Man will have coverage of Super Bowl 58 beginning at 1 p.m. That means four over four hours of pregame coverage 
of Super Bowl 58 Chiefs and 49ers, courtesy of Westwood One. And it's brought to you by Vista, Bottle Caps, Dara's, and The Fridge right here in Manhattan. Game kicks off at 5.30. Final break. Ask Us Anything next. Thirteen fifty KMA and it's A U A. You also said something. Uh, never mind. Hey, the big game comes up Sunday, and they tell you, "Whoops, you can't watch. You have to either watch the Puppy Bowl or watch a camera that is placed on Taylor Swift the entire game." Would you rather watch Puppy Bowl or Taylor in the suite? Do I have commentary from the game at all? No. Or is it just, no. It's just pure Taylor Swift. Pure. I'm probably watching the Puppy Bowl, unfortunately. Well, I'm not going to. If you're watching a live feed of Taylor, the whole, I mean, it's real stalker-like. Kind of creepy. It's 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 weird. Yeah. Um, Let's get weird. I mean, if Taylor got in on the, uh, if she could wet her beak on that a little bit, I mean, CBS could sell a stream and just make insane money off of it. Crazy. The Taylor cast. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, the Manning cast, except for Taylor Swift. Not nearly as entertaining. No, I'm sorry. Taylor Honestly, and Jason Kelsey? That would actually be kind of... Dude, if they team... The Kelsey cast? Now, that, now, there you go. There's an idea. Wow. They should have done that. Idiots. The Kelsey cast. Bring it. Yeah, I'm I think gonna, she's kind of busy. I'm probably going to go Puppy Bowl as well. I mean, puppies are cool. And the Puppy Bowl gets heated, dude. Fun to play with. A pain to train. Yeah. And I love when they throw flags when anybody has an accident on the field. That's... A great touch, Puppy Bowl. I honestly, I don't think I've ever watched a Puppy Bowl. What? Oh, dude, you're missing out. I know about it. It's been around for 20 years. The best part is like every there's a bunch of little puppies, and then they always have one or two giant puppies in there. It's adorable. Remember when WWF used to do? And oh, this may have been before your time, but used to do halftime heat. Yeah, they would they would have a match at halftime, Uh and they once did a. Rock Mick Foley match that yeah. was the empty. Remember the? Have you ever heard of the empty arena match? I haven't. Oh, so that was during halftime of a Super Bowl. I yeah. do remember. No, no, no. I have heard of that match. The yeah. Rock's gonna hit you with. He don't even know what this is. And That's fantastic. <laughs> it was something. It I was actually hilarious because the Rock is talking the whole time. Yeah, it's fu- it was great. It was great TV. I, I'm trying to remember if it was. MTV. I think they did celebrity death match one year at halftime. That's right. They've had some uh, halftime stuff that, if you do a little searching, there's some fun stuff out there. You don't have to watch the, you know. Usher, though, he might be pretty good. I think he's going to be pretty good this year. Um, One more. Would you rather um, put maple syrup or Nutella on everything that you ate? I think Nutella is super overrated. Yeah. I'm, yeah, syrup. (laughs) Like, I'm a, like, with syrup, like, with breakfast, I know there's people that are like, okay, you're going to have... Pancakes, you're going to have eggs yeah. right next to each other. But you're like, careful with the syrup. I don't care if it gets on my eggs. Come on. Live yeah. a little. Uh, new uh, wing sauce that I'm enjoying is uh, maple sriracha. Ooh. Or, sorry, maple ancho, I think it is, that uh, Wingstop has. Very nice. Yes. Making up for the fact that the uh, honey hot dry rub is off the market for the moment. That'll do it. Tomorrow's show, we'll have uh, highlights from K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes and players as we preview the Batcats that start their season a week from Friday. For Owen Deej, Troy Mitch, go Cats.